Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Yeah, I want to clarify growth stocks, which a lot is in the tech sector. The growth stocks are out of favor right now, and they've taken a big hit. So you're trying to short them after they took the big hit, and that's riskier. Invest Talk, over 43 million downloads and counting. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is InvestTalk, independent thinking, shared success. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, financial advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, July 15th, 2022. Well, July 15th means it's summer, and summer's here with a vengeance. I saw that the high temperature today in El Paso, Texas, was 101 degrees, 92 degrees in St. Louis, Missouri, and L.A. near me and Miami on the East Coast, 85. Where I am, it was like 80. I'm in San Juan Capistrano which is fairly close to the ocean, so we, I get a cool breeze. So a heat wave is not a time for you to let your guard down when it comes to investing. Temperatures in the summer, remember summertime, as we mentioned many times, means usually higher temperatures, higher volatility. And that's not unusual for summers to have higher volatility. One of the reasons is a lot of traders go on vacation, and so there's fewer people in the marketplace making trades, so it makes it more volatile. That's at least one theory out there. I'm Steve Peasley, and I look forward to doing this podcast. I enjoy answering questions from you, my audience, and I'm ready to take any of your questions right now. As long as they're financial, I am very happy to talk to you. And of course, my answers will be unbiased. They always are. We don't have an agenda, a hidden agenda. Our agendas are pretty much out in the open. We want to help you. We also realize that this show is a marketing tool for us. We know that, and you know that, but we still want to help you. We can help you any way you want on the radio show as long as it's financial. So I'm not, we don't push anything on the air except ourselves. We will mention ourselves, but we're not pushing a, a, a set of stocks, mutual funds, insurance, or any of that stuff. We're not. We're just trying to find help you as best we can. If, and if you become a client, we'll help you that way. But if not, we'll help you any way we can. As long as it's financial, we'll do it. So today's investing situation, I've mentioned before, is very different than it was past because the Federal Reserve is on a, a, a pace to raise rates. And all the economic numbers coming out this week okay, that came out this week certainly didn't change, won't change his mind. We'll go over some of that. That's some of my talking points today. Uh, you know about inflation. We'll talk, and that's you know, inflation is was higher than expected, as reported was yesterday or the day before. 
month over month. But core inflation seemed to be starting to even out. We'll see. We won't know for the next month or two. Um, some experts are calling for higher inflation still, some for lower inflation. I'm thinking we're near the peak and it will slow down a little bit, um, come down a little bit, but still stay high. That's what my position is. But no one really knows. We don't. There's no crystal ball out there, just like there's no crystal ball for the stocks, the stock market. So that's just the way it is. Anyways, I'm ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Let's get right to the first question. We're going to go to Alan in Arkansas. Hi, Alan. Hey. Yes, always great to hear your voice, Steve. Thank you. I've got a question about, um, I know you have rental properties. Uh, what, what are the pros and cons of investing in, in real estate uh, versus, say, REITs? Okay. Okay. Uh, real estate, if you own it yourself, you have complete control. That's always really comfortable. And the value of the real estate that you own, you know, will increase over time depending on the location. The location is very, very important when to buy, when to buy real estate. You get to collect rents. Now, that's a good thing. But on the other hand, you're, a, you are the owner. So you're a landlord and, you know, you got those associated problems. A REIT, Real Estate Investor Trust, you don't have associated problems with renters. That's not your problem. But the REIT, will go down as interest rates go up because the cost of borrowing goes up, so REIT goes down. And a REIT, which is a real estate investment trust, everybody, which is a stock, will go up and down based on the investor's point of position on the value of that REIT. Whereas if you own the property, you you, you just know if you hold on to it long enough, you'll make money. So there's you know a REIT, they pay you a dividend. Okay, and it has to be 90% of the income they make. So as long as they make income, you get 90% of that as a holder of the REIT stock. But what if they don't make money? You know, that you, you're relying on them to manage it properly. Where if you get to manage your own property, it's up to you to manage it properly. So those are kind of some of the pros and cons. Okay, so Alan, good luck, okay. whatever, whatever route you take. Okay. I sold, I had rental properties. I sold them all way back in 2004. My focus point today is based on the story behind the question, which is it, the great resignation or the start of a trend to lock in jobs before the economy gets worse? Is the economy worse? It really hasn't shown any weakness yet. We don't have any stats to show that the GDP has gone down. That hasn't happened yet. We don't have it. We will get the second quarter GDP numbers in the next week or so, so we'll know then. A jobless survey reveals that 60% of respondents admit to urgent desire to land a stable job sooner than later. So if we have time, here's some of the other topics I want to talk about. I want to talk about LNG, okay, and why is it constrained here in the United States? I want to talk about retail sales report that came out today. It was better than expected. Uh, China's GDP, their second quarter just reported. You know, it's amazing. It was up four-tenths of 1%. Also, uh, talk about Social Security and the COLA. Do you know what that is? And the ECB, European Central Bank, is intent on raising their rates from negative to finally maybe positive. 
So I got lots to talk about. I don't know if we'll get to it all, but I got lots to talk about. Okay. So what did the market do today? Oh, also, by the way, uh, there will be no trivia question. I usually on Friday go over some of the highlights in the KPP premium newsletter. So that'll come up on the halfway portion of the program. So the market was up nicely today because the retail sales was much bigger than expected. The Dow was up 658 points, the NASDAQ up 201, and the S&P up 73. Now, mind you, the market's been negative for a week, two, almost two weeks up until today. Then today we finally had a little rally. So we're heading into a break. This is your chance to call with your financial questions. Uh, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and the number is 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278 is our number, everybody. My focus point today, I guess we'll talk about that now. Huh? Which is it? A greater resignation, uh, the great resig- resignation or the start of a trend to lock in jobs before the economy gets worse? It's ma- It's massively interesting to me that people are expecting the economy to get worse. And there's been lots of write-ups. Even I do. I do, too. I mean, I do that, too, because because the Fed's been raising rates. But do you realize that all this negative talk about the economy will make the economy get worse? We, it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you think it's going to get worse and you change your spending habits and reduce your spending, our economy is driven by consumers. So the job seekers are doing the same thing. They're thinking, boy, I better get a job now. Before it's too late. Mind you, there's 11.3 million open jobs out there right now. 11.3 million. And there's not enough employees or people looking for jobs to fill those jobs. So, and also the unemployment rate held steady in the most recent report for last month at 3.6%, near a 50 year low. And yet we're all talking about a possible recession. Isn't that interesting? Don't you find that interesting? I do. I mean, 
technically, if you step back and look at our economy, even the retail sales report today shows that people are spending money like crazy. Even even if you exclude, exclude, let's see, what I wanted, I wrote that down. Even if you exclude, where's that retail sales report? Autos, which is a big item, you exclude it, or still went up 1%. So it's amazing. But people are really worried. You know, the job seekers are surveys. A vast majority of them believe that there's going to be a recession and they need to get a job now. If they're, if they you know, nearly 70% of economists in a June survey believe that we're going to be in a recession in 2023. One of the reasons is because we, we all know the Federal Reserve does not have a good track record when it comes to raising lower interest rates to stop inflation or or push us into a recession. They don't have a good record of preventing the recession or preventing inflation. Only if they destroy demand by consumers, and destroying demand means destroying the economy or pushing the economy into you know weakness by raising rates, interest rates, you know, tightening money supply. It's convoluted, and the Federal Reserve has a pretty dull instrument to try to implement their job. So don't don't necessarily blame them for everything. It's not. Um, they they just don't have a lot, a lot of tools that they can use. They're blunt. The tools are blunt. Okay, let's pivot to an Investor Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi there. My name is Mike, and I have a question about uh, investing in bonds right now. I have a, a mixed portfolio with about 30% in bonds, and they haven't really performed well or sort of mitigated losses this year to date. So I'm considering moving more to equities. And my question is, how should I look at bonds right now with the sort of current interest rate and inflation environment? And what's the benefits versus cons of shifting more to equities, given kind of the future potential upside? Thanks very much. Well, uh, interest rates rising means bond values go down. That's why you always hear me tell you to buy the bonds themselves and hold them to maturity. Don't buy a bond fund because if interest rates keep rising, the bond fund value will continue to go down. The net asset value of that bond fund will go down as interest rates rise. Now, mind you, you're Personal bonds you hold value will go down too, but they always will return to par when they mature. And that's why I also suggest a laddered approach for the bonds. Bonds are less risky than stocks. They also generally return less than stocks and usually significant less than stocks. So if you want to increase your risk, you move from bonds to stocks, but there's a lot of more risk involved. So if you're depending on your personal risk tolerance, and we can measure that, we have a tool on our website called Riskalyze. You can take the little survey and it'll tell you what kind of risk you're comfortable with. But that's another topic. So bonds, bonds. If you own bond funds, uh, you're. I, I'm not keen on bond funds unless they're very, very short term, and you're just holding them for you know place holding. So you don't. So you don't experience the volatility of the stock market. If you're holding bonds because you want to diversify away from the stocks because you want less risk, that's one of the ways you do it. So really, it depends on you and your personal, you know, risk tolerance and where you are in your, you know, your working life and 
that, those kinds of things. So it's hard to answer that question other than the answer I just gave you. This is Invest Talk. This weekend is here. Well, almost here anyways. I'm Steve Peasing. We have one goal, to help you achieve financial freedom. And that means you can probably need some help. You can probably use some help. So give me a call. We'll help you. I'll help you. Any financial questions are welcome. 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. 888-99-CHART. This is Talk, everybody. So... You know the weekend's here, and we got you know we got things to talk about. So um, the LNG, you know, our LNG, liquid natural gas, because we have tons of natural gas, way more than we could use, right? And we know that uh, Russia is shutting down or constricting the flow to Europe. So Europe has been scrambling around to try to replace that, and they're looking toward us. So we want to replace it. We, that makes us a, a energy exporter, and we can make you know makes our country wealthier. Our GDP, you know, when we import stuff, that detracts from our wealth. Our GDP. When we export, that adds to our GDP. So this is only good for us here in the United States. Problem is, okay, we have the LNG is growing, right? We have. Uh, terminals are being built, and lots of uh, ships are being built, LNG ships, because you got to freeze the gas. But that's a whole other thing. Anyways, we have trains that are going to transport it from the natural gas fields in the Midwest. But we need that we we only have so much capacity. We need more pipelines, and of course, that's hard to get approved. That's going to hold us back. Okay, remember the 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 uh, LNG companies, uh, uh, drillers and oil producers and, and and natural gas producers, you know, are are getting mixed signals from states and federal government as to do you want more or not have more? And they remember these companies project what they're going to spend next year and the next year in the next three years on infrastructure, and if they're getting mixed signals, they're not going to spend a lot of money. So we could actually increase our capacity pretty good, but right now we're going to run out of capacity. But it takes time to build the capacity. So that's where that is as we speak. Okay? Let's squeeze in another caller question before the break. This This one came in earlier from Germany. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Paulo from Germany. I'm calling to ask what happened to innovative industrial properties today. I saw the stock drop like almost 15% and I couldn't find any news. I didn't understand really why the stock dropped so hard. Yeah, I was curious if if you guys still think this stock is uh, good to buy at this point or or should we wait? Listen to the podcast, and thanks again. Love the show. Bye-bye. Ah. Yeah, there's news on it. 
Okay, I'm, I'm I'm trying to read it while you're talking. By the way, so, but it looks like today, Friday, a large uh, tenant just uh, defaulted. Okay, I'm paying rent now. The symbol is I I. PR, Innovative in, uh, Properties. It's a REIT targets acquisition of industrial real estate assets that are used for growing medical use cannabis. So one of their large tenants didn't pay their rent or defaulting on the mortgage, on the lease or however. I don't know the details, but that's why it fell 15% today. So now, how large? I didn't, you know, I might have to look into it, but that's what happened today and why it fell so hard today. Okay. Okay. Um, retail sales report, real quick. Uh, it was up 1%. They expected it to be up 9 tenths of 1%. And last month, now this is for June, by the way. Now for May, it was shrank 1 tenth of 1%. So it went from shrinking 1 tenth of 1% in May to growing 1% in June. And if you removed autos, it still grew 1%. It was up 6 tenths of cent the month before, if you if you autos. So it wasn't even that week the month before, if you exclude autos. Import prices, which went up five-tenths of a percent the month before, that would be May. They expected to be up seven-tenths of a percent in June. That was a report that came out this morning. It was only up two-tenths of one percent. Think about inflation. Okay. Now, industrial production, they expected that to be flat. It actually shrank two-tenths of a percent. So see how you're getting a little bit mixed signals on the economic numbers? But generally, they're pretty good. But everybody expected them to turn worse because of what the Federal Reserve was going to do. And because everybody expects that, consumers are changing their spending habits. But so far, it's not showing up in the reports for June. It did not show up. Consumers reducing their spending. It didn't happen. Did not happen. So that's what we, you know, it's it's a very interesting dynamic, and it's something to learn that, you know, um, the Federal Reserve can influence interest rates. It can't control them, but it can influence them. But they also influence the public per- public perception of what's going on because of what they're doing, and which actually, that alone changes what's actually happening. <laughs> so you, we're making it come true because we think it's going to come true. So we make it happen. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay, we're headed into a break again. Sorry about that, everybody, but I have to do it. Craig from Seattle, hang on. You'll be next. This is Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. 
brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI Red Teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 Anytime Listener Line at 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Craig, Seattle. Thank you for holding on, Craig. Oh, you bet. It's good to talk to you again, Steve. Thank you. So I'm calling about ARLP. Okay. I've got a small position in it, and I've continued to buy on down days. I'm up about 11% right now, but wanted to get your take on it. Okay, ARLP, everybody, is Alliance Resource Partners Limited. It's an MLP, Master Limited Partnership, out of Oklahoma, engaged in the production and marketing of coal to utilities and industrial users in the United States. So, you know how negative everybody is on coal, but since gasoline oil has shot up, natural gas prices shot up, coal is really, really inexpensive. So I think that's why you're getting this nice, big, pretty decent rally from coal because it's yeah. cheap energy, okay? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I would, And they pay a very nice dividend, 6.7% dividend. They're going to make $3.78 this year, $4.57 next year, and it's only a $20, $21 stock. Cheap, 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 right? Very inexpensive. Yep. So that's a 5 P.E., for next year, or less, maybe four. So the range is three to 28. So even though I know everybody doesn't like coal, they don't like it, it's dirty and stuff, well, this company is doing quite well. 
Uh, and you know, return equity sixteen percent. Management owns nineteen percent of the company. Mutual funds. There's not very many mutual fund owners, but they've been slowly buying for the last year. So at some point it's going to break, but you know, I, it's so cheap. I, I'd hold on to it. It's just too inexpensive. Okay. Uh, continue buying more, or just hold a couple hundred shares I have. Well, is a couple hundred shares is what percentage of your overall portfolio? Oh, less than one. Yep, keep buying more then. All right, I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Eventually it'll turn down. Sure, all stocks do. But man, this is so inexpensive. It's hard. It's hard to. Uh, it's hard to. They just raised uh, recently, not that long ago, capital expenditure guidelines for next year. So they're going to spend more money. It's just hard to. Hard, the company stock's so low. It's just hard to. As long as oil and natural gas prices are so high, it's still a pretty good bet. The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow. Okay, I always do that on Saturday. In the market conditions section, I explained that most of the economic news released this week was not very encouraging. At the same time, I can say it was not not a catastrophe either. It's pretty good. On Tuesday, the NFIB, which is the Small Business Index for June, came in at a reading of 89.5, and that was down from 93.1. The NFIB Small Business Index number is still healthy, but like many other recently released statistics, the trend appears to be downward. From an economic point of view, this is a little bit worrisome. Consumers and businesses remain nervous. On Wednesday, the CPI, Consumer Price Index, Inflation gauge for June was published. It demonstrated another percentage increase in inflation. The year-over-year number went from 8.6% to 9.1%. Month-over-month, the reading went from 06 to 0.7%. A small victory came with the June's core number report. The core number, which excludes food and energy, fell from 6% to 5.8%. On Thursday, the PPI-9 producer price index came out in an increase from nine-tenths of a percent in May to 1.1% in June. So inflation continues to be a problem, even though we see signs of easing, particularly in oil prices. So they have eased just recent weeks. Remember, this report's up for June. June. Okay. The Federal Reserve, which... Uh, the Federal Reserve, which referred to as the Fed, will take this information and use it to justify raising interest rates again. Unsurprisingly, they are being reactive as opposed to proactive in their stance on money. Not only is the Fed raising interest rates, but they are also reducing their bloated balance sheet, letting mortgages and other loans run off. The, run off. the Fed essentially is trying to slow the economy by negatively affecting demand by consumers. The supply side has been disrupted by many factors, the war in Ukraine, COVID, supply chain problems. This makes prices jump as the world economy continues to recover from the pandemic shutdown. For investors, the market is clearly bearish. Earnings season, which is upon us, is going to be all about projections of sales and earnings for the coming months. And that is not that is likely not going to be looking very strong. 
Okay? The summer is going to be volatile. Gee, have you heard that before? If you've been listening to the show, you've heard it for quite some time. Uh, is it going to be, a, and the volatility is probably going to be the, the going to the downside, probably. You got to be patient, though. Do not panic out and be and be reasoned and precise in your buys. There's a lot more commentary if you want to read it in the newsletter. Stock ideas. I had an independent energy company engaged in primarily in exploration, development, and production of oil, natural gas, and natural gas liquids, which means LNG. Um, its operations are focused on on onshore in the United States with five core areas. Although this space has pulled back recently, it remains strong, fundamental, and upon showing some strength over the coming months, it could become a great buy and belongs in, on your watch list. I also focused on a worldwide entertainment company. It is well diversified into segments, including media, distribution, theme parks, merchandise products, Um, Although it's cyclical, it has incredible staying power because it pulls earnings from multiple sources. It does not offer a dividend, which is very disappointing. So, anyways, those are a couple of stock ideas. I named names in the newsletter, obviously. But they're just ideas. They're not recommends for buys. They're recommends for you to do your own research and decide what you want to do. So I've given you sample teasers of the latest KPP Premium Newsletter. Now, subscribers receive the full report every week via email on Saturday. And they also get the portfolio consumer watch sections. Learn more and subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. So let's grab another um, color question from 888-99-CHART. Hey, how's it going? It's Eric in Virginia. I am calling back about uh, Alcoa. I talked to you guys. I think I talked to Justin in March about it. And also, I'm honored to be in your commercial, by the way. So thank you for that. But... I was calling because obviously it's dropped a lot since then. I did start picking it up in the low 60s, and I kind of had two questions regarding aluminum. The first one being, what is y'all's take right now on commodities and how to deal with, you know, the possible recession coming up and the lack of demand that might come to commodities from that? And then also, what might be a good way to play this stock? Because I would like to add to it at some point but I'm just trying to decide, should I wait for a certain price or wait for it to start going back up? Thank you guys as always, and have a wonderful day. Well, I certainly would wait till the summer is passed. This is Alcoa, symbol AA, engaged in mining, uh, alumina, uh, aluminum cast, cast products, roller products, and energy globally. They're going to make, uh, they made $6.83 last year in 2021. This year, they're going to make nine oh five, and next year, seven eighty two because everybody's anticipating you know, a possible recession. So the estimates are been ratcheting down. Sales have grown 15% in the most recent quarter, but before that it was 40%. Before that was 30%. Before that was 30%. So, you know, sales have been, been that was March quarter. The most recent quarter is March. So that was 15%. So they're probably anticipating less growth in the June quarter, which we, we are getting the numbers now, you know, we're in earnings season. So the stock did fall from what hundred dollars all the way down to forty three, and therefore now the P, remember it's a forty three dollar stock going to make seven dollars and eighty two cents next year. What was that five PE? So five and a quarter, five and a half, and the five year range is four 
to 1200 because it has lost money in 2019, 2020 because of COVID. Uh, return on equity is very high at 32. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds went from 600 to 1,000 in one year. So mutual funds are buying. I would, I would not sell it now. It's given up most of what it's going to give up. I would, if you if you don't have enough of it and you want to add the position, I'd be patient and probably add to it in the fall. Okay, because it's already anticipating with this fall and the fall of the whole market, it's anticipating a possible recession. If you'll pay attention closely, stock markets are pretty pretty intuitive. Investors are pretty intuitive about what direction the economy is going. Our market peaked right in January. Since then, it's fallen, 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 right? Now in a bear market. It's fallen a lot. Remember, it started to fall in January. Back in January, February, March, investors were saying, hmm, Economy is not looking so good. That, January is before, wasn't that before the, the war in Russia? I don't remember when exactly it started. So, you know, pretty the market's pretty forward-looking, pretty forward-looking. Not always that accurate, and you don't know exactly how forward, but it is pretty good at forward-looking. Okay, on Fridays, I generally take time for oh, a quick rundown on the key benchmark numbers. Benchmark, two-year treasury yield, 3.13%. Okay, 29 weeks ago, it was 0.64. 30 weeks ago. The 10-year treasury, okay, remember we talked about um, we talked about inversion of the yields, inversion, yield inversion. The 10-year treasury pays 2.9. The two-year pays 3.1. So, Holding something shorter pays you more than holding it longer in bonds and treasuries. That's an inversion. That's unusual. That's not supposed to happen. And almost consistently throughout history, 100% of the time, when this happens, a recession follows. But we just can't tell you how soon that might happen. And the market might already been built that into its price, a lot of it already. But we do have a yield inversion, everybody. Gold was priced at seventeen oh four, not doing very good for market stock market that's doing poorly. Usually, gold does pretty good. It strengthens during a weak market. Not this time, not for this year, not so far. Anyways, same with silver. It's at eighteen sixty four an ounce. Last week was nineteen. Eighteen weeks ago it was twenty four. So. Oil was selling for $97.62 a barrel. Last week was 104. 13 weeks ago it was 97 again. 16 weeks ago it was $1.13, 113. So it's come off its high. I think it got a high as 125 or something like that. And now it's at 97. And I noticed there was an article out that the price of gasoline has fallen for uh, fallen 30 days straight. Still high because it's fallen like a penny at a time, <laughs> but that's the truth. Um, so, what is the gasoline price? I filled up today, and it was uh, with regular gas, six dollars and twenty cents a gallon. Regular gas, not premium. Our average in California is five dollars and ninety-four cents, down from six dollars and fourteen cents a week ago. Okay. Now, for comparison, if you go go to South Dakota, even though I can't drive that far to go you know, pump up my, put oil and gas in my car, it's four dollars and fifty three cents in South Dakota per gallon. Isn't that nice? It's nice for the South Dakotians. 
that. Okay, we got Carl from Ohio. Hi, Carl. Hey, uh, Steve. Love the show. Thanks for what you do. Um, I got a question about Planet Fitness, ticker symbol PLNT. Uh-huh. It's a kind of a growth company because it's a gym spreading throughout the whole United States at a pretty fast rate. So what yes. do you think about the technicals? Is it a good long-term hold? I think it looks pretty decent, but it's expensive right now. They're going to make $1.55 a year, uh, per share this year. That's up from $0.82 cents last year. That's a, almost a 90% increase year over year. Huge increase. Next year, it's only going to go up 37% to $2.13, but it's still a $75 stock because it's being based on its growth. The price of stock, sell, uh, the most recent quarter we have is March, 67% sales growth. The month before is thirty. The quarter before is thirty-seven percent. The quarter before that's forty-six percent. So it's based on its growth that it's overpriced. It it looks like it's growing really, really, really fast, and so investors usually reward that. So, um, uh, a long term, I think it looks pretty good, but it seems a bit pricey for me in this environment we're in. You know, with a possible recession coming. But um, I'm thinking about joining Planet Fitness myself. So, because <laughs> I do like what they do. I do. But it's just expensive. It's growing fast. That's why it is expensive. How far can it keep growing? Can it keep growing the next year and a year after that and a year after that? If it can, then the price is totally justified. Good luck with it, Carl. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. As I mentioned before, China's GDP slowed to 0.4% growth in the second quarter. 0.4%. That's really, really low for China, right? Supply chain problems uh, because of COVID in their country. So inside their country, plus, I don't know if you've been reading, remember a year or two ago, we were talking about the real estate problems they had, and they've been having real estate problems for a lot. Well, that's hitting the news again, where there's all these big buildings, big apartment buildings, people buying them in, in advance, and the project's not getting done. So the problem, and so people are stopped paying, they have to, they've already bought them, they have mortgages. But they don't. The, the building is not done, so I'm not sure how that works. But but there's it's starting to come out again how bad it is there. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. This invest talk. Give me a call. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Edgar in San Diego. Hi, Edgar. Hey, Steve. Thank you so much for being there for all of us because Appreciate uh, you that. are doing a wonderful job. Thank you. I've been holding uh, MO for a long time because of the uh, dividend. Uh, uh, right. And now it looks like it, it came down. It was about 50, now around 40 or so. Mm-hmm. I have some cash. I was going to, uh, you know, use it in market for just dividend. And I was 
thinking about either adding to my position or go get the go get some energy, like given energy. I was wondering what you think. Well, Which, if I, if you give me a choice between Altria and Devon, I pick Devon Energy. But Altria, uh, the reason being is, you know, the Biden administration is putting uh, FDA, the Biden FDA is putting together rules and regulations on the amount of nicotine in cigarettes, and that's what caused a recent fall, okay, in the cigarette companies because, you know, how they're going to get the nicotine out of their cigarettes, and the nicotine is addictive, and, they, of course, they use that to sell more cigarettes, so, you know. Um, by the way, I hate tobacco smell. I don't, it just really grosses me out, but... Um, who doesn't? Yeah, who doesn't, right. But the 8.6 dividend is an older holder of the stock. Man, they have, that dividend looks really attractive, and it's been paying that forever. And I think it's still, you know, it has, you know, it's going to make $5.13 next year, $4.84 a share this year, good cash flow. So, it, you know, mutual funds are just steady and holding it. So, I, again, if I was to pick, I'd buy the weakness in Devon rather than the weakness in Altria, okay, simply because I think, you know, natural gas, and Devon's big in natural gas, it, you know, liquefied natural gas especially, you know, and I think uh, Devon's most of their natural gas and oil fields are in the Midwest, so we need that they they have they're going to have constraints because of not enough pipelines as I said earlier but still I think it's a it's a better bet than Altria. Edgar thanks for the call I appreciate it. Okay? Social security is coming up you know the, every year they have cola with the cost of living adjustments and do you know what next year is going to be? It's going to be between 9 and 11.4%. Many people are saying about 10.5% increase in your Social Security checks next year. 10.5% because of inflation. Cost of living adjustment. So, if your cost of living is not adjusting as high as that, that excuse me, you'll, you'll make out. You'll make out. But remember, you know, food prices have gone up pretty high. And if you're using a car, gasoline prices have gone up pretty high. So, you know, I don't know how I don't know how you're going to be much better off. You're probably not, you know, because prices have gone up and will eat up that COLA adjustment. So, but you are going to get about 10.5% next year increase in your benefits. Okay. The ECB, European Central Bank, is set to raise interest rates for the first time in forever. They're always behind. They're, they're, you know, do you think our Fed's bad? You should look at the ECB. They're worse as far as being late to the game, late to the party. They're going to raise interest rates just as their economy is being crushed. Think about it. There is, you know, Russia's turning off the spigot of natural gas or turning it down at least, and the, e, and the EU saying they don't want Russia's oil and natural gas because of their invasion of Ukraine. I get all that. That's great. That's wonderful. But it's going to throw them in a recession. So here comes along the ECB. They're in recession. They never raised interest rates. They already have negative interest rates. So how are they going to help their economy? This is how they think they're going to help the economy, by raising rates. That's going to make it worse. Worse. And now they're getting two raising rates. Why didn't they raise rates a year ago? Just like our Fed. Way late to the party. At least our Fed started before them. But I, I, I just I, I sit back and say, who in the hell in the ECB is is thinking? 
your thinking is so backward and wrong. You're going to, never mind. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family, if you would, about our free podcast. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And by the way, we have now surpassed 43 million downloads. We appreciate that. Thank you very much for that. All your friends and family, thank you very much. Please be sure to review and review and rate us on iTunes if that's how you download us. Your positive rate help us with our, you know, Spread the word. Independent thing you share success. This is Invest Talk, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.